the Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson, and joined also by Ray Garvin, who's here to talk a little Tua Tagovailoa. Woo, that's a mouthful, Ray. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's. uh, I actually, before we started, I just looked up how to pronounce it, just to make sure I was pronouncing his name correctly, and I'm good, so. I have not tried to say it yet. I've avoided it at every cost. For for what it's worth, I do hear people pronounce it who sound like they know how to pronounce it, and I hear a little "n" at the beginning. So Tongavaloa, I don't know. Yeah, if that's yeah, yeah. Ta- it's the way it was like spelled out phonetically, or however that goes, is tongue like Tongavaloa. So mm. I, I think there's Tua. We know everyone knows yeah, what we're talking about. Tua, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Step one: try to try to pronounce his name correctly. <laughs> So Tua is a, of course, a quarterback from Alabama, six feet one, two hundred eighteen pounds. He is entering the NFL after his junior season, uh, and it's and certainly a successful career, uh, but also coming off a, a pretty serious hip injury uh, and, and a rough final season at Alabama. Ray, give us a, a look at Tua's career. Yeah, his career was, I mean, it was to say spectacular is sort of underselling just how good he was as a quarterback at the University of Alabama. And one interesting fact that I found on him was sort of his how efficient he was as a passer. So prior to Joe Burrow's absolutely ridiculous 200-plus quarterback passer efficiency rating season this past season, I mean, Tua had a a passer efficiency rating of 199.5. And again, before 2019, no player in the history of college had ever hit 200. Uh, He averaged 10.9 yards per attempt. He threw a touchdown pass on 12.7% of his pass attempts. The old record in college football was set by Sam Bradford, and his was 9.9. Uh, every 9.9 touch uh, passes, he threw a touchdown. So to put this in context, Tua was 30% more likely to throw a touchdown on any given throw than any player in the history of college football. <laughs> That's it? That's just, it's crazy. It is It is crazy. And when you just look at his, his, his basic college stats, he only threw the ball uh, 684 times in his career, over 7,000 yards, uh, 87 touchdown passes. He, he ran the ball well. He, he wasn't a running quarterback, you know, to say the least. But to look at where he's at historically amongst uh, Alabama quarterbacks as far as their career passing yards, passing touchdowns, and to do it in almost, you know, not even, a, not even like over th- under 33% of what the other guys threw, it's just – what he did, it really goes beyond comprehension, just how efficient he was as a passer. It's just outstanding. And he only had one full season of college. He only had one full season, which was his sophomore year. Wow. So it's what he did was just insane. But it's not just a case of Bama's better than everyone and they have great receivers either, right? He'd have been good at Toledo. Uh, <laughs> he would have been good anywhere, but his receivers didn't they didn't hurt the cause. But Tua was fantastic. Ray, I don't know if we can even answer this question, and I don't even know if it matters, but if we could go back and wipe that one play out, get rid of that hip injury, are we talking about Tua and challenging Joe Burrow for that 1.01, that first overall draft spot in the NFL draft? 
Uh, right now, it certainly seems like Joe Burrow's spot by a long shot. But if we could get rid of that, are, are these guys neck and neck? Or, or is maybe Tua even the favorite? I think so. I think all of those things are possible. Had he not been injured, you know, they had just lost to LSU, uh, I think the week before. And he had th- he threw for 400 yards in that game that they lost on a bad ankle, you know, a couple of weeks off of tightrope ankle surgery, which is a problem. And we'll get to that later. But the the whole thinking was those two could have possibly met up uh, again in the college football playoffs. Had Alabama won out, they were going to get that fourth spot in the college football playoffs. And, you know, what happens if, if, if Alabama wins that game and, you know, Tua goes on to win the national championship? I think a lot of what-ifs are, you can, they're applicable in this case because I do think there are some people, even right now, Maybe not for the NFL draft. It seems a foregone conclusion that the Bengals will take Joe Burrow. But when you're talking about fantasy football and super flex formats, there are some people who still think Tua may be the number one quarterback. So uh, the question that you just posed, had he not that one play versus Mississippi State in November? uh, Yeah, I think that's a fair question to ask. Dynasty Owner is the ultimate dream for all sports and business fans. Dynasty Owner is the only patented fantasy sports game that combines Dynasty Fantasy Football with actual NFL player contracts. They don't use make-believe or demand-based contracts or salaries. They use the actual NFL player contracts and salaries. There's no off-season in Dynasty Owner. The rookie draft matters. Free agency matters. Every contract matters. Dynasty Owner just finished their beta season in 2019 and are now working on their mobile app for iOS and Android, and it'll be ready for the rookie drafts in May. We are, they're opening up the game to everyone in 2020, but are limiting it to 1,012 team leagues. You can win weekly prizes, seasonal prizes, and compete in the chase for the ring. So, come join the 2020 season waitlist at www.dynastyowner.com and start your dynasty. Ray, digging into the, the the data, the numbers, I don't know. It doesn't seem as fun with quarterback the quarterback <laughs> position as, as some of the others, but tell us what the numbers are telling you about Tua. Yeah, the, the, I mean, the numbers say that he was a great quarterback, and I know I'm, I'm not trying to undersell or, or diminish that, but we talked about that, you know, with the unique stats. He threw, he was more 30% more likely than any other player in college football history to throw a touchdown pass on any given play. He was throwing a touchdown pass every 12.7 attempts. He was efficient as all get out through his entire career. I mean, the, the, the stats and the numbers, they really just say that he was an efficient quarterback. For his career, he only threw, uh, I'm looking at it right here, 11 interceptions in his entire career. The most interceptions that he threw in a season was six. And that was the season where his quarterback rating was 199.4, and he had almost 4,000 passing yards and, and uh, 43 touchdowns and six interceptions as a sophomore, as a, as a first-year starter in college football, six interceptions in the SEC, follows that up in nine games. Nine games of 2019, 33 touchdown passes, three interceptions, and 2,800 yards. I mean, kind of like what Ryan said, quarterbacks aren't as much fun to talk about, but these are ridiculous. And I guess the question is, does he have any bad stats? No, he doesn't. I I mean, I, I will say this, right? So his three worst games of his career, the three worst games were the uh, national championship game against Clemson, 
this year's game versus LSU in the 2018 SEC Championship versus Georgia. Those were the three worst starts of his career. And in all three of those games, he was either hobbled, injured, limited. Uh, I know the SEC title game versus Georgia, he left that game. And Jalen Hurts came in and actually saved them from, from losing against Georgia to make it to that national championship game. Clemson, you know, they, they got beat by a red-hot Trevor Lawrence. I, I'm not going to put that all on Tua in that national championship game. There were some drops. He did throw a pick six very early in that game. And then this past year versus LSU, again, he was not even, you know, 21 days removed from tightrope ankle surgery, and he still threw for over 400 yards. He was clearly not 100%. And had Alabama been playing anybody other than LSU, I'm pretty sure Tua would not have played in that game. So you're asking, did he have any bad stats? The answer to that question is unequivocally no. He he has not had any bad stats. And I'm sure people will say he doesn't play his best in the big games against the best opponents, but he proved that wrong in his first game ever. And you have very, I don't want to say excuses, but facts backing up that you know he was not himself and oh by the way those defenses are better yeah (laughs) Clemson Georgia and the LSU game this past season if if we're gonna nitpick a quarterback we've got some quarterbacks who were drafted in the top 10 in the NFL draft who started one season of college football who played in the ACC Alex Smith years ago played at Utah in the mountain I mean at, at this what I think happened and I, I think, and, and I talked about this on a podcast before, when you see a quarterback every single week throwing 450 yards, 398 yards and six touchdowns, and you just see it every single Saturday, you almost, you don't appreciate the greatness that that quarterback has. And I think that's what happened with Tua. Like a lot of people just did not appreciate just how surgical how great, how efficient, and how dynamic of a quarterback he was. And shame on us because, uh, you know, th- that's it. <laughs> that's that's all we get. And uh, I hope everyone appreciated it while he was playing. Ray, get into the film a little bit. What have you seen on film that uh, that, that makes you excited about Tua as a prospect and, and maybe some things that concern you as well? Oh, I'm smiling. I'm smiling. <laughs> and, and I've got chills. I've got chills because – Everything that I needed to see out of this quarterback, everything that I needed to see out of Tua happened January of 2018 when Alabama was playing Georgia in the national championship game. Jalen Hurts started that game and could not pick up a first down. I I remember watching it, and you guys probably remember it as well, and just thinking they've got to make a move. They're not going to win this game unless they make a move. Well, halftime comes. Tua runs out of the tunnel, and he is the the starting quarterback for the second half. So I'll fast forward to overtime. He leads them to overtime. Alabama wins the toss. The first play in overtime, he takes a 16-yard sack, 13-yard sack, on the first play of overtime. What do most college coaches do at that point in time, given the college overtime rules? You know what? Run it, kick the field goal, play sound defense, we'll get the ball back. No, 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 not Tua. Drops back, looks the safety off to the right, delivers an absolute laser to Devonta Smith, another true freshman. Touchdown, game over, Alabama wins the national championship. That right there, 
in that moment and when they and when Maria Taylor interviewed him after that play, he said, "Yeah, when I dropped back, yeah, I took the sack, but when I dropped back, I noticed the safety was rolling to the uh, was creeping to the left, so I kept my head right, looked him off, went back to my secondary read. I saw the receiver over the top, and I just threw it in the I mean, that level of football IQ, that processing for an 18-year-old kid on the biggest stage that he had ever played in, he didn't start that season. He didn't start that game. He came in cold. To do that, at that point in time, I said, he's that guy. And I remember going into my rookie drafts thinking, I want him in 2020. I need this guy in 2020. So when you're looking at the film, he really reminds me, play style, uh, coming out of college. Now, now, when I say this, think about what they were in college, not who they are now, a.k.a. Hall of Famers. Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. I see a combination of both. He's not the he's not the athlete or the rusher that Russell Wilson was coming out of, you know, Wisconsin, North Carolina State. And I don't think he's just as pure a passer as Drew Brees, but he's a really good combination of both. He is mobile, he can run out of the pocket, but he is always looking downfield. He is uh, it, just watch some all 22 film of Tua. His head doesn't just lock onto one guy. One, two, three, two, three, one. I mean, he's looking through his progressions. He is surgical. He's a savant back there. Uh, it, it's beautiful to watch him throw the football and, and watch him operate. It's the the film is fantastic. But there are some there are some concerns. There are some concerns and some things that he will definitely have to clean up at the next level. So, just in sticking with the rushing potential at the next level, he's not Russell Wilson, he's better than Breeze, Trubisky-ish? Yeah, I think, I think Mitch is a better, I think Mitch is a better runner than Tua. I I think, when I say runner, it's, it's more so, he's not a statute in the pocket, right? Yeah, yeah. I I don't think we're ever going to rely or count on Tua getting us, you know, rushing production for, for our teams. But he can move. He's not a sitting duck back there. He can move around. He can extend plays. And Maybe if like you need him to pick Rogers up a first down, he Stafford can. Or Cutler, that if it's wide open, they yes. get eight yards, slide first down, break your back, you know, move the chain. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Ray, you've already mentioned uh, Breeze and Russell Wilson as, as some players that Tua reminds you of, at least through his college career. Any other comps that come to mind? I've been thinking about it and thinking hard, and and honestly, that's those are the, that's all I have right now because he he is that good. And had Joe Burrow not appeared out of nowhere, we'd still be talking about two as the lock probably to be the number one pick. And if not, it maybe we'll be talking about Chase Young. But you know, Ryan, there are some things that he needs to clean up in his game. Okay, I don't want people to listen to this and think that I'm touting him as the perfect quarterback prospect because. Uh, one of his biggest issues is what's gotten him hurt throughout his career, and that's holding the ball. You know, he mm. he tends to, I don't know if it's, you know, trusting his offensive line too much or trusting his own arm too much, but there are times where you're just, the play he got hurt, if you watch that play, all you're thinking is throw the ball to him, get rid of it, just throw it, throw it, throw it. But he, he's rolling out, trying to extend the play, just He's got to learn to take what's there, and if it's not there, it's okay to throw in. It's crazy when you have to tell a quarterback it's okay to throw an incomplete pass, you know, but it's okay to throw it out of bounds to it, and you don't have to extend every play because you leave yourself susceptible to hits, and 
He's had multiple ankle injuries, both of which required surgery. Uh, there was a, you know, he had a small knee injury in a spring practice two years ago. And now everybody knows the dislocated hip. The And people don't even talk about it. He fractured his nose on the same play. So uh, he, he's got to get rid of the ball. You mentioned the comparisons as Wilson and Breeze. And they're obviously Hall of Famers and phenomenal players. Um, but he's been that at the college level. But a negative still on both those guys is, and people don't always realize this, you kind of have to study the All-22 to see it, and that's probably true with Tua. There's still times that their lack of height, they don't see things. You know, someone might cross the middle of the field and they just don't see it, or they have to maneuver to find a lane more than somebody just throws over the top of the lineman. Do you ever see that from him? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's inevitable. When you're, they've got him listed at 6'1". We'll see in the next couple of days how tall he really is. He's probably, what, six foot? If they got him listed at six one, he's probably sure. six feet tall. Um, so, absolutely, that is something. And, and you've seen the evolution of Russell Wilson trying to compensate for that. You see it with Kyler Murray. But the, the good thing to that is, the counter to that is, he is not like a, a Dak Prescott is, I have to see it, then I throw it. Right. Tua is good an point. anticipatory thrower. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, if he knows... Which, which that's a great point, Matt. The wide receivers need to run the route that they're told to run and be in the spot they're going to be at because he's going to release the ball before the wide receiver makes the break. He's a very good, very good feel for the game. He's an anticipatory thrower. So uh, while I do think there are going to be times where he's get, he gets passes batted down, we see that with Brees even to this day. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he gets passes batted down. Russell Wilson is a Hall of Fame, uh, probably Hall of Fame quarterback. He gets passes knocked down. Two is going to get passes knocked down too, but the good thing is he is not. I have to see it before I throw it. He is a very good feel for the game. Yeah, I mean Breeze. There's a reason the Saints spend more money and resources on guards and centers than any team in the league because he needs to. See, and you can just picture it. He looks out the bottom of his helmet trying to see over people because <laughs> it's still hard for him. I mean, doesn't matter how old he is, he's a little shorter than average. And yeah, I mean, he, the good thing is. Like you said, they're they're both anticipatory throwers, and they don't know any different. You know, they've been short their whole life. Ray, the team, uh, I guess, most often linked with Tua so far has been the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they came into the season, or at least early in the season, being the the projected team to have that top overall pick. And, and of course, at that time, Tua was the favorite for that spot. So even before the injury, before really before the, the 2019 season even started, we were kind of linking those those two. And that's continued now. They have the fifth overall pick, I believe. And the injury and Joe Burrow's breakout season has made Tua, has, has taken Tua out of the running almost certainly for that top overall pick. Do you like Miami as a landing spot for him? And if that doesn't work out for whatever reason, what other teams with a realistic shot at Tua do you see as good landing spots? You know, this, I, I hope I don't sound too crazy when I say this, but I actually really like what Miami's doing. Mm-hmm. I think Brian Flores is a good coach. I think that he, the way that that team competed towards the end of last season, uh, that that was very positive. They've got a whole bunch of draft picks. They're probably not going to be very good next year. So I think Miami would be an ideal landing spot. And what I would love to see happen is as soon as, hears, as, soon as Tua hears his name called, when they interview the player at the NFL draft, his agent or the head coach says he's not playing in 2020. 
he's not playing. He's going to sit behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's going to sit behind Matthew Stafford. He's going to sit behind Cam Newton. He's going to sit behind Tyrod Taylor, whoever the Chargers bring in, and he's going to learn, and he's going to recover, and he's going to heal. And if that that happens with the Miami Dolphins, they probably won't be good again, so they can use some of their other draft picks this year to upgrade some skill position players upgrade their offensive line. The NFL draft next year, they'll probably be another top 10 pick. Draft another offensive lineman and go into 2021 with Tua as your quarterback, with young skill positions around him, with offensive line help around him. I I actually really like the Miami Dolphins for a landing spot. And then I mentioned a couple of others. I'm hearing things about the Lions. I don't know if there's a lot of leg to that. Mm-hmm. The Chargers with Phillip Rivers and his movement. Uh, I, I think the Carolina Panthers. Listen, Matt Rule, Joe Brady didn't leave LSU to coach Kyle Allen. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, <laughs> Joe Brady left LSU and you, you never know. Would Carolina give up what it takes to move up, or do they sit back and wait for somebody else? So uh, my number one landing spot for two would be Miami. Let them learn from the, the grizzly old vet that is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, I would love to see him in, with the Chargers, uh, potentially the Carolina Panthers. I like the Panthers' call because I think they, much like you said about Miami, could be in a total rebuild mold, but with the right coach and building things from the the – from ownership to coach to Tua in the right manner, and that might end up really paying off three, four years down the road. But this isn't really dynasty-related. Unless there's tragic news out of Indy, none of these teams are getting them at five or later. He's going in top three or four. Three. Yeah. Yeah, I I think so as well. And and as I said, the Dolphins have five, and uh, we've already seen mock drafts that have uh, that have them moving up, that have the Chargers moving up, some of these other teams trading up into the top three, uh, four, two. I think it's the Lions that have the have third three, pick, I yeah. believe. Yeah, and, and seems like they're the team that, uh, at least according to these very early reports, would be looking to move down, maybe take that uh, that cornerback or... I, I think you know, Washington who, should listen to two. I mean, Chase Young's great, but if you can get three young starters for him, trade him. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Sure. sure. Let's get into Tua's dynasty value a little bit. We've been teasing this and looking forward to this in, in all of these episodes that we've done, kind of making guesses about where these players might go in rookie drafts and startup drafts. And now we have some actual data because we uh, our mock drafts for February are uh, are underway and, and in some cases already over. So we've, we've got some data. Before I share that, Ray, I, I want to ask you – Tua lands with Miami. Let's say that. That was your top choice. It's what we've seen in, in several mock drafts. If that's what happens in a normal one-quarterback rookie draft, where what spot are you considering taking Tua? Are we talking early second? Are you waiting a little bit longer? What are you doing? And let's double down on that question real quick and compare it to Burrow if he's a Bengal and is playing week one. Uh, yeah, in a, in a single quarterback league, I still probably wouldn't do it. Um, I I probably wouldn't invest early second round capital in them, but anything Mm -hmm. after, you know, I'd say after the 206, maybe the 207, I'd start looking at, at these type of quarterbacks because I do think they're that good. So, um, and and I'm, I'm just going to tell you, Matt, I've got two of, for me in dynasty, 
I like Tua more than I like Burrow. And mm-hmm. I'll just, I'll tell you that. And I, I don't know. I watched LSU because I was trying to look for some Clyde Edwards Elaire film. And I was watching LSU in 2018. And the Joe Burrow that was in 2018 was, he doesn't look anything like what we saw in 2019. So yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's bad. I just wonder how much of that was the uh, product of Joe Brady and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and how much of that was truly Joe Burrow. I, I have no questions about Tua and what he can do from a quarterback standpoint. So uh, I, I think middle of the second is when I would start considering those guys. I kind of feel like the Burrow one-year wonder is almost the same equal red flag as Tua durability. Okay, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. That's, that's very fair. Very fair. Well, Ray, you're just about spot on. We do have rookie ADP uh, data available for us. Uh, I I hosted 10 rookie mock drafts, uh, 10 single quarterback, also six super flex uh, rookie mocks. In the one quarterback mocks, he is 20th overall. So that puts him 2.08 in your typical one quarterback 12 team. Uh, Just for reference, Burrow is a little bit higher, 16 overall. Two is between a couple of wide receivers, Antonio Gandy-Golden and Brandon Ayuk. So that's kind of the range he's he's coming off the board in that single quarterback rookie ADP. And Superflex rookie ADP, as expected, much, much higher. He is third overall. So Hmm. we've got Burrow. We've got DeAndre Swift. And then we've got Tua. That's basically what I expect to – how I expect it to play out in two or three months when we're when we're really drafting these guys that Tua is going to be a mid-second rounder in one quarterback leagues a top three pick in super flex leagues Uh, our startup ADP is is still uh, still being collected still in progress Uh, we've got quite a bit of data on Tua enough to tell that it looks like he's going to be just outside that quarterback one range uh, which is the case for Burrow as well it looks like they're both going to come in uh, between quarterback 13 and 15, somewhere in that range, uh, maybe maybe a little higher or lower either way. But that's that's basically what we're looking at for Tua at this point. I think he's a steal at that point if you're doing a, a startup draft and uh, you get Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott, somebody like that in the mid-rounds in the 7th, 8th, ninth round, uh, which, is, which is where some of these guys are falling. And then you can come back and get Tua as your as your project, and even pairing Tua with Fitzpatrick, uh, of course, taking a chance that that's that's where he lands seems like a, a a great idea at this early point. Ryan Baker Mayfield or Tua? Still Baker for me. Okay, you take him over like Darnold though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah oh yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I'm I'm actually doing a Superflex uh, Dynasty startup draft right now. Not a not a mock, but an actual. Uh, actual draft and uh, Tua has already been drafted. I think we're in the fifth round, fifth or sixth round. He's already off the board. He went ahead of uh, he went ahead of Josh Allen, ahead of Aaron Rodgers. I think he went. I think he went uh, right after Baker Mayfield, I believe. But again, already being valued very highly, obviously as as all young quarterbacks are in that super flex format. All right, guys, we we broke the quarterback market, so we'll have to get Burrow soon. But, Ray, thanks, as always, for sharing uh, all of your knowledge on these guys. Really love this stuff. And, and Tua, Tua is going to be an exciting player to watch. We'll see how, how uh, his career gets started. But for now, that's it. We'll say goodbye. We'll be back next time with more Dynasty Blueprint.